we spend the weekend of August 17th and 18th at the Huntsville, Alabama Ham Fest. We had a great time. We met some of you, and we saw some old friends, and we made a lot of new friends. We even did seven interviews that we will be sharing on today's episode. Welcome to Practical Prepping. This is episode number 412. This is the prepping podcast. No bunkers, no zombies, no alien invasions, just practical prepping, where we believe that stuff happens. So we need to stay prepared. And we're here to help you get prepared. I'm Krista. And I'm Mark. And today we'll be sharing some of those interviews from the Ham Fest. You know, Ham Radio is a very important tool for preppers, and it's a fun hobby. Mm -hmm. There are so many avenues available today that weren't available just 25 years ago, and some of these are really attractive to the younger ham radio operators like communicating through their computers, packet radio, uh, FT8, all kinds of things available that were not, or slow scan television. Ran into a young man who enjoys doing slow scan TV, and that's sending images over ham radio you'll hear from some of those in one of the interviews and if you'd like links or contact info for those that we interviewed go to practicalprepping.info forward slash 412 or find them in the show description on your podcast player Oh, and by the way, if you're not receiving the Practical Prepping newsletter, go to practicalprepping.info, click on free PDF. You'll receive the Getting Started in Prepping PDF, and you'll be added to the newsletter. So, let's get to the interviews. We're going to start with 11-year-old Austin, who tells us why he came to the Ham Fest. Austin, what brings you to the Ham Fest today? Just to warn about radios. Are you having a good time? Yes. Well, we expect to see you at another ham fest for you to have your license and you to come back and talk about your experience as a ham. Is that good with you? Yes. He's kind of shy, isn't he? Yes. Well, Austin, it's been good to have you here with us today, and we sure do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. We made a stop at the ARRL booth where we had the opportunity to speak with Bob Enderbitson, NQ1R. Bob is the Director of Marketing and Innovation for the ARRL. Well, ARRL is the National Association for Amateur Radio. It's a 109-year-old organization that has supported the interests of ham radio operators. But more importantly today, it's providing a premise for how people get introduced to radio, radio technology, radio communications. Radio these days is largely invisible. So we work with the community of people who play with radio, learn about radio, and use it for different things. Bob tells us some of the ways ham radio is being used today. That could be off-roading and taking a radio along with you for safety purposes. It could also be emergency communications during a natural disaster. ARL provides a framework nationwide for that. Or it can be the art of experimenting with radio to do amazing things with radio communications. He tells us of some of the benefits of being a member of ARRL, 
Probably the biggest benefit of being an ARRL member is all the knowledge and content sharing that we have. Members receive publications like digital magazines that cover the gamut of what you can do in amateur radio. We have a learning center platform, like a almost like a college learning platform where online members can come and get information about a variety of different tracks in amateur radio, from emergency communications to building things to learning about digital mobile radio to learning about FT8 and some of the digital modes in amateur radio to shortwave operating and putting your first antenna up. One of the most important reasons why every operator should be a member of ARRL is its legislative work in protecting ham radio. We say that ARL promotes and protects amateur radio. So not only do members get benefits and services and access to programs that we produce, but we also have the idea that ARL is at the table with when legislative bodies are considering things like spectrum use and how we defend amateur radio spectrum so that our community can continue to use amateur radio frequencies. We actually have a legislative person in Washington who knocks on the doors of Congress people and makes sure that they know about amateur radio. And as always, we'll put a link in the show notes to the ARRL, but it is ARRL.org. Thanks, Mark. Nice to meet you here. Our next stop was the Browncoats booth. This was a team of young people with robots they had built. Now let's let John explain it. We're our first tech challenge team, so we are a subdivision of the overseeing company of First, and we build robots to play a game. Every year there's a new game released by First, and we build a new robot to play it. The game changes, sometimes we have to throw discs, sometimes we have to pick up balls, sometimes we have to pick up cones even. And every year we design, build, and program a new robot. This is a diverse group of young people who have shared interest in designing, building, and operating robots. We're all high schoolers. Uh, there's some middle schoolers, so it's from 7th to 12th grade. We're a public team, so we have private schoolers, homeschoolers, and public schoolers on their team. These young people are learning skills they can use in their careers, regardless of their chosen field, and they're meeting with and networking with other folks. Firstly, it can help you prepare a lot for just upcoming careers and jobs and know how, knowing how like a, a group of people work together to get something done. But for me especially, it's helped a lot with just having the mind of an engineer, how to problem solve and figure out things without needing to go and ask someone for help. But also, I've had a lot more experience talking with people. We do judging every competition, so I've talked in front of judges. I talk with people at outreach events, like I'm at here today at HemFest. And I also get to know a lot of people in the community that I wouldn't have met otherwise. John, I appreciate the time that you've given me. Best of luck, and we will put your website linked off of our website. Folks can get in touch with you, hit your website, and see more of what you do. You guys have a great show. Thank you. Thank you for coming by. Our next interview was from Mars. No, not the planet, but a ham radio group. Mars is the Military Auxiliary Radio Service, and this particular group that's here today is the Air Force Mars, And I'm going to ask Robert to tell us a little bit about Mars and what it does and why our listeners who are ham radio operators need to be a part of this. Thank you, Mark. Uh, Yes, Mars is a program designed to provide alternate communications uh, on a bad day to serve the military, serve those that serve us. 
We uh, use the HAM community to liaison and provide communications past traffic across the country and provide vital communication services for those in need uh, when our systems fail like the cell phones and satellite services. Mars uses specific radio frequencies outside the normal ham bands, and here Robert explains how those frequencies work. So the, the military allocates the frequencies on a as-region and as-needed basis. So your radio has the capabilities to receive on basically all bands. So the modification gives you the ability to transmit, and obviously, just like the ham bands have extra general and technician classes, you need to have authorization from the government to transmit on the alternate frequencies, and they are specifically assigned by use for the purposes of transmitting the information etc. So that's how that works and part of the program is to provide the best means. As you know, HF communication varies wildly and so depending on the day, depending on the solar uh, index, etc., that will give you the, the, the best path and you have to figure that out as an HF operator. And one last thing, Robert, is how can our listeners get in touch with you or get more information on Mars if they have an interest in that? Very good question. We have a URL called tinyurl.com forward slash AF Mars. That's the best Air Force connection, and that will provide um, all the necessary questions. There's a membership application, and someone would reach out if there is an interest to send, um, go to that website, and there's also an email. We will be putting that link in our show notes so that you can go to the show notes on our website and pick up that link. Robert, I appreciate the interview, and it's good to meet you and good to be here in Huntsville with you today. Our next stop was the HamSource booth. HamSource was displaying a lot of solar power panels, and I wanted to get their input on solar and its importance to prepping. Interestingly, talking with Bobby, he related stories of how solar power has helped he and his family throughout the years in hurricanes. I have experienced a couple of hurricanes, so starting with the usual list of what you need, solar in my case has helped out with keeping some lights on at night, keep maybe a 12-volt cooler, keep the radios, in this case amateur radio uh, batteries and radio operating. That way we can communicate in remote areas that we cannot access. And when I say we, maybe I'm helping out to try to get to another town, but due to rivers flooded, roads uh, torn down, bridges down, we can at least communicate with that other town and do the appropriate communication to get the necessary need in time over to those places. Bobby grew up in Puerto Rico, and his family still lives there. And listen to how solar power played an important role after the most recent hurricane. What made it better was that my dad was able to communicate immediately to the United States. I got phone calls that he was on the air and that he was alive and well. Mom and other family members who were well. So it's, it's about that communication, and for our listeners and for the preparedness community, it's mainly about communications, because if we can't communicate, 
we can't do much of anything else. Bobby, I really appreciate you coming on with us today. We appreciate you being here. Thank you. Mark, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for stopping by, and thanks for letting me express my knowledge. Hi, everybody. Krista Lolly here with Practical Prepping Podcast. I've made a new friend here at the Huntsville Ham Fest, Christine Williams, and her call sign is KQ4CRY, Kilo Quebec 4, Charlie Romeo Yankee. <laughs> I went blank there for a second. I, I, it's like you know it, but you don't know it. Anyway, so we have met, and she just interviewed us for her YouTube channel. And so we're going to interview her and talk about her a little bit. So tell us your ham story or anything else you want to tell us, Christine. Sure. So I came into the hobby about a year and a half ago through my sweetheart, who has been a ham operator since he was 15. And he did the Navy and the whole military bit and got a very lovely job. Now that brought him to Huntsville, so we're actually local now. I am a general, so I took both tests in one sitting last year. Wow. See, I'm much, much applause to that. I'm tech. I'm still studying for my general. Oh, that's what an awesome story. Keep going. Yes, I studied a lot. I did the QRZ uh, practice tests and that helped me a lot. And I memorized a lot of that stuff. So my practical application of what I've learned is continuing. I'm constantly learning and you know, my encyclopedia is usually right next to me. He's not right the second, but <laughs> he's shopping. <laughs> and that was my Yeah, you should see the shopping here at the Ham Fest. Of course, this is the last day. But there are vendors and dealers and ha amateur radio people everywhere. I mean, they've got either the latest equipment or they've got some vintage equipment. You can find anything here at the Ham Fest. So tell me, give me any, any kind of a practical application of how you have used your now fresh off the press licenses for communicating on ham radio. Right. So we do a lot of hiking. Our channel is called Hiking and Hammond, kind of the redneck version of the spelling with uh, apostrophes. So hiking, not hiking. Hiking and apostrophe, Hammond apostrophe. So yes. And we have a lot of fun. We've hiked some of the AT and we've done local hikes and uh, wherever we go, we try to throw a little hike in and a park activation or a summit activation. So poda and soda are like our favorite things. I'm pink and okay. he's antenna. And uh, so that all went very well. We had a lot of fun and he made some really great uh, soda contacts. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so since then, our journey has just taken us to many different parks. And uh, we've done a couple of roves. You know, just wherever we go, we try to activate. That's wonderful. That is a great story. And that's a great illustration of how you can get into amateur radio. Yes, you do have to be licensed. You do have to test for it. You have to license. However, it is so open. I mean, literally, the day that I tested, I'll just share this story quickly, an 11-year-old girl tested right alongside with me, 11 years old, and she and I got our tech licenses that day. So it's, it's really not age-dependent. You can be as young as you can possibly be or as not young as you can possibly be and still get into the hobby. And so it's really exciting to meet someone who's new and fresh at it, as you are, and yet have already stepped up and gone even farther than I've gone with my journey in it, but it has opened the whole world to you. So, I mean, as a general, uh, that you, the reach that you have now on your own is just, it's not unlimited, but it's has very few limitations. And someone like you also that's hiking trails, 
you would probably benefit a lot too and, and could probably teach us quite a bit with our listeners about how to prepare for such a journey. You've got to take some things into the woods in order to be able to sleep the night and to be safe. And But you can't take everything in the world. I know hiking the AT, a lot of folks start out and they've got those rucksacks and they've got, and as they go along the trail, they start leveling it off because they're like, I don't really need that. I don't really need this. And so we in the, the preparedness where we often say the more you know, the less you have to carry as <laughs> make your make your provisions work. Well, Christine Pink, I should call you. It has been a delight and a thrill to meet you and speak with you and to share our journey with your YouTube channel and for you to share this interview with our listeners as well. So we wish you the very best and we thank you very kindly. Great. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Micah is a 14-year-old and holds the extra class license. Now that's the top license available. So I was really interested to hear this story. Well, the biggest experience for me has been there's not very many in it that are like my age, you know, or my age bracket. Few, few people my age. All right. Well, you're here at a booth. You are exhibiting, and it's the North Alabama Tech Team. I want you to tell me your, your slogan down here is the next generation of amateur radio. Now, there are a lot of things that you guys do. I mean, I'm an old guy. I, I recognize that I'm an old guy. You guys use computers and modes and things that I have never even considered. So you want to tell me a little bit about what this type stuff and, and, and the benefits of this and the advantages. Uh, just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, if you mean by like the technology, the computers and stuff like that, that's just where everything's going. That's what everyone's, uh, at least, you know, younger people are doing. They're on their computers. So you want to make, you want to incorporate amateur radio into that because, you know, that's part of the hobby. Uh, it's going to be in the future, definitely. And so we like to do things like streams. We stream the Hamfest right now on that camera. And really, we just like to play with tech. We uh, make various, we do digital occasionally. But really, it's just, just hanging out on the radio, having fun. Now, he's got a partner right over here. And what's your name? My name is Joseph. And Joseph, you're not 14. No, I'm actually 20 years old. Okay, so he's the old guy behind the booth here. Tell us some of the things. Now, he mentioned the streaming, but what are some of the digital modes that incorporate the computer and ham radio and things like the packet radio and stuff? So just explain a little bit about those kinds of things that we can do with it. Yeah, so the, everybody knows about FT8. That's probably the most popular digital mode, and it's kind of fun. It, it, personally, I don't find it super exciting, but it is a good way to get into it if you don't want to talk and you have a little bit of mic fright, but you still want to make contacts. FT8 is a great place to start. Everybody does it. It's really easy to set up and use. The software is easy. Some other modes that are really fun for me personally, I like doing slow scan TV. That's digital, but it is transmitting images in the form of sound over the radio and you can transmit images thousands of miles to other people and just kind of a little share a little postcard like type messages and that's pretty fun and um, there's other stuff too like APRS which is transmitting your location and little short messages but um, a lot of that stuff is is starting to become more popular in, in amateur radio and, and young people of course like my brother said like computers so I mean that's all very very well and good but um I think where, where a lot of the fun is still to be had is an analog. We will put their website in the show notes so that you can go to those show notes and click on and go to their website. And again, it's the North Alabama 
amateur radio tech team. Guys, we appreciate it. If you are interested in becoming a ham radio operator, check out the org website, or you can drop us an email. Today's cup of coffee comes from Trailman. Thanks, Trailman. We really do appreciate that. And if you receive value from the podcast, would you help us out by giving back a little, by buying us a cup of coffee? You'll find that link on the front page of the website. And like I always say, stuff happens. Stay prepared. And we'll see you next time.